talking today with Mr. James Speedy, uh, the executive director of the African American Golf Digest. He's a chairman of uh, golf recreation, competitive play. He sits on several boards. He's been in the industry for a while. He knows what he's talking about. He knows people. I was I was at the expo and I was just blown away with the quality of the people. For me, it was somewhat of a union because I used to go down to the um, merchandising show, uh, perhaps for the last fifteen years or so. Uh, I've I knew Miss Debert Cook, and so I saw several people. I actually lived and and operated in the golfing industry in Orlando uh, for about seven years because I took a deep dive, as you say, by direction of the Lord. Because I believe this is a calling that God is calling us together. Um, so the Nehemiah Project and the role that we can play in it, because it is a calling. You know, you surround yourself with the right people, uh, like-minded people, and you develop a plan. And it's not just your plan. Like you said, Jim, you took a leap of faith. You made a faith statement, and now the work begins. And so part of the work is actually moving the needle. I love the reception uh, that we had there on Saturday evening and how you said, you know, we have got to move the needle. We've got to move the needle on this $84 billion industry. And oh, by the way, the sponsors see the potential. They're inviting, they're welcoming, and this is the right time. We would call this a Kairos moment if you're in ministry, right? It's when all the things come together. Now, here's the point. If we work together, we're going to be able to move that needle. But there are people pushing, and they're pushing as individuals. They may go fast but they will not go far. And what I loved about the expo is that you see people, we saw people there like like um, Ty with his brand Deuce, right? right. Um, Ty has persevered. He's been in this for a moment. We talked about Divert Cook and, and others that were there and they have, they, you know, slow but steady in their winning the race and the opportunities are open up to us now how we navigate that. And we I want to talk about that, um, Jim, as to how we navigate that, what the vision looks like going forward. But I want to, I want to go on record to commend you for the work that you guys have already done. And, you know, Pete McDaniels was there, was there, you know, and Pete has his, the book, um, uh, Uneven Fairways and the documentary. I'm here in Charlotte and a lot of that history evolved around um, uh, guys like Charlie Sifferts and Jim Black and, and James Dent and all of these guys that were Joe Lewis that were together breaking that color barrier. Just 60 years ago, there was a white only clause attached to the game of golf. That's gone. That has been eradicated. So the, the floodgates can be open wide, but we have to educate. And so what I loved about the forum, it was not just a an expo about golf gadgets and gadgets, right? But it was an educational forum. There was education happening and relationships being built because that's the key about golf. It's a networking tool. And that's why every person that's going to do impactful um business or uh, make a difference in the world, they need to have this tool in their toolbox. It says, ah, I, I remember when I first got started, Jim, um, I was mentoring my son and six of his friends. 
we lived in a, a suburb of Springfield, Massachusetts, and we went into, I worked in the inner city and we got six inner city kids and brought them around my, my friend and his, they were actually my son's friends. And I told them, I said, whatever you guys want to be, I'm going to help to draw a map. I'm going to mentor you to do that, but you're going to have to learn golf. And I'm just going to tell them, tell the audience what they said to me. They says, oh, we thought we were going to have fun. We don't want to play golf. That's a white man's game. We don't want to have fun. I says, well, we're going to have fun. We're going to play basketball. We're going to play football. We're going to swim. But you're going to learn golf as well. So long story short, um, found a local pro there. Uh, his name is um, Joe Eady. He's the golf coach at Springfield College there in Springfield, and he gave me a great rate for the kids, $30 for eight weeks over the summer to teach the kids, and they taught them, and my son is learning, and he's having fun with his friends, and he's hitting the ball out there 250 yards at 11 years old. I'm like, I need to learn this game, and I learned it because it's a life long tool. You can you can play it until you're 90 years old. I tell people I'm at halftime. I'm 60 now, but I'm planning on going at least to 120 years old, and I'm going to be playing golf all, all the way, uh, enjoying life, because I believe that that's what God wants us to do. But we also have to educate people around the game, because if African-Americans don't know the value of the game and they don't feel welcome in the game. And even though they might have the resources to play the game and overcome the barriers to the game, they're not going to persevere. And that's the key. Golf helps you to develop the character to be able to be a great entrepreneur, but even above that, to be a great leader. And what we need in our world is leaders of integrity, leaders, righteous leaders that will step up and that will die for a cause, if you will. They will give their lives for it. And so, Jim, I feel like that you're that type of guy and, and you've got people around you. You've had, uh, you know, you have great people that are supporting you. And so what I want to talk about now is really the vision. And I know you guys have had conversations and, and you're probably having backdoor conversations all the time, but I want you to reveal to our audience the vision of where we're going with the African-American Golf Expo and Forum. Where are we going with this? Because you talked about moving that needle. And we we, we only had a, a condensed period of time to talk about it. But now we're able, to, I want to expand that conversation. And then I want to recruit more people in because we are stronger together. We're going to be able to persevere and go through whatever difficulties that we have to go through. Even though the flood doors are open, we're going to have barriers. We're going to have oppositions, but we will overcome them together. Where are we going with the African-American Golf Expo? Let's say 10 years out, Jim, what do you see? Certainly. Um, as I mentioned, the vision uh, came from the Lord, but I need to state the permission came from my wife. <laughs> so I need to uh, uh, state that right away. Yes, so sir. Trouble. But uh, she's my partner of uh, my wife, my partner, my friend of 53 years we've been married now. Wow. Congratulations, sir. So in, in terms of the vision, I'd say we're still developing it. But it, but here, it, here is, Charles, here's, it's along the lines of continued 
uh, economic, creating economic opportunities uh, in the industry of law. Uh, many people, uh, I believe, are confused or simply don't know or don't realize you do not have to be a golfer to be in the industry of golf. Mm -hmm. It's probably helpful, but it is, it is not a requirement. And every one of the organizations that were uh, represented uh, at the expo will make that statement that we will take you. Uh, we have jobs in public relations, social media, marketing. It goes on and on, and on journalism. So we want to continue to be the gathering point uh, for those kinds of uh, activity and, and messages. Ten years from now, certainly we would hope that the four-day event might turn into a week-long event. We see each expo as a culmination of that prior year. What have we accomplished? I, by, by trade, I'm a, I'm a mathematician. My degree is in mathematics, so I tend to try to measure uh, everything. So next year, as an example, I want to be able to give to the people in attendance and state to the people, here's what happened as a result of the expo or, or that the expo played a role in, in happening. People got, people received contract, people got mm -hmm. jobs. I need to be able to say that. It's, it's very important for me that people see the expo as theirs. This is not Jim Beatty's expo. This is your expo as an African-American, a person of color, or an exhibitor or sponsor that want to get to this market. It's yours. We want to keep it, uh, we want to keep it sensitive to that, and we also want to keep it uh, from your point of view what you want to have done. So we'll mm -hmm. continue to involve the industry uh, again on a basis whereby they're talking one-on-one -on -one with the people in the trenches. I should also mention that many community-based organizations that are teaching golf around the country were involved this year. We want to continue to see that happen as well, too, and provide a forum for those organizations to be able to grow uh, their respective uh, organizations and market themselves on a, uh, better on a local as well as on a national basis. So this is continues to be a culmination, just as you have with every other uh, organization, an annual meeting. I, this is what I see it as. It's an annual meeting, just as the National Urban League, the NAACP, doesn't matter. They have annual meetings to talk about the progress that they've made and also to talk about what they need to do next year and beyond that. I see it following that type of format for certain. In other, in, and in other respects, I see it as an annual shareholder meeting that that's the relationship. These people are invested with me mentally, physically, emotionally. I owe them a report and I intend to report every year on what we're doing and how well we're doing and also to receive their feedback on how we can get better, how we can address uh, issues and topics uh, that they want to hear, uh, that they want to uh, learn more about. We want to continue to be relevant in that respect too. Nice. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that uh, you, you're you making this um, a community effort, right? And you're bringing the community. It's a community collaboration. It's about how we can be better together, how we can grow, how we can grow in an industry and take full advantage. Now, I am of the opinion 
um, that one of the, the greatest game changers, and I think the entire industry would agree, has been Tiger Woods. Tiger has moved the needle, particularly where purses are concerned. So this weekend, the Tour Championship is in Atlanta. Uh, I think we were one week off, Jim. We needed to be there this week, right? So we could enjoy the Tour Champion and watch somebody collect a $15 million check as a result of winning the FedEx Cup. Imagine that, a $15 million check for hitting a little white ball up down the road, up the, the fairways into a little hole. And we love doing that as African-Americans. We have the dollars to spend. Uh, you've done the research. We spend money on golf equipment, sporting equipment. We buy balls. We buy clubs. We buy apparel. We buy every kind of accessory that helps to improve your game. <laughs> Oh, but by the way, you can't, you really cannot buy a game. You need to practice and you need to play, which yeah. means that in our opinion, from the Nehemiah standpoint, that you need to build a business because we help people to generate and create wealth. You know, a lot of people um, are, they may be really good at what they do corporately and golf is a great tool for a corporate uh, development, professional development. It helps to get you in to the old boy network when the old boys are going out on Friday early from um, work. They're actually probably going over to the country club to play golf. And if you don't play, you won't get the invite. So we want people to understand how to do that. And there are entry doors. I like to tell people um, golf entertainment, places like Top Golf is a gateway to the game, and you can actually develop the game around a family entertainment environment where you can have food and beverage and a controlled environment to hit some balls and, and then take it to the green grass. You don't have to be an expert and you don't have to be intimidated by the game. Uh, the same research uh, talks about how many rounds we're playing. 64% of uh, the, the African-American Golfers Digest readers are playing six to 25 rounds per year. 27% uh, are playing over 26 rounds per year. And I'll, I'll add in that they're traveling to some very extravagant places to play. Um, and, and, and the DR to Africa to, to um, places in Europe, they're, they're actually well-educated individuals, 79% of them are college graduates. I should say of us are college graduates, 75% of them are professionals. So if you want to get to know the who's who's and people that are uh, making decisions, golf is the place to, to be, right? And, and they're buying these country club memberships. And oh, by the way, uh, organizations that have supported one of the sponsors was Club Corps. Club Corps uh, is very welcoming and inviting, and it's an affordable alternative to just, you know, just spending your money willy-nilly, you know, have your money work for you in places that you can build positive and productive relationships. And at the end of the day, build businesses that we can hire young people in our communities and help to develop their leadership skills. And if they will learn this game and persevere, I can, I can attest to it. I've done it with my son. I've done it with many others. I'm doing it here in Charlotte. And, and we are seeing the needle move. But as you say, uh, Jim, this annual meeting could be a stakeholders meeting where we are able to report out the numbers and say, hey, this is what we've done in 10 years. I'd love to be able to see us go from less than 2% ownership to 10% ownership in the industry. And then 
even move beyond that to help to grow the industry as Tiger, uh, the Tiger craze has, and make sure that if there's one tiger in the woods, guys, guess what? There are multiple tigers in the woods. We just have to find them, develop them, and deploy them. And the industry is welcoming enough at this time for us to be able to sit down at the table and have these strategy sessions to make this happen. So it's this is an exciting time for us. Um, uh, and I say us, Jim, because I'm a part. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm, you've got a son here that you get to mentor, right? And, and you know, you had over 20, between 15 and 20 different workshops over the, the two days. What would it look like if we had those workshops in individual cities and they travel from city to city throughout the year, you know, one or two a month, and then the culmination is the, the annual golf expo, right? And, and that, those things that I'm thinking about how we can contribute. I know that BH365, Dr. Milton and Dr. Friedman, I'm having conversations with them to be able to host some of those things, uh, to be able to go and look at uh, maybe even partnering with the PGA Superstore. T tell us about your relationship with the PGA Superstore and you had um, Ralph Stokes there. Tell us more about that. Well, uh, <clears throat> The PGA Tour Superstore is an uh, outstanding organization. I met uh, their president, uh, Mr. Dick Sullivan, at the PGA show in Orlando a couple of years ago and formed a relationship with him and his team. So when this expo became uh, a part of my, my life, I reached out to the PGA Tour Superstore went down to Atlanta, went to their corporate headquarters and uh, met with Ralph Stokes and his team. And uh, they they were very open and inviting and extremely participative in what and how they wanted to become involved. So I'm, I'm very, very thankful to Ralph Stokes, Dick Sullivan, their entire team on mm -hmm. how they have become involved uh, with with the uh, with the expo, Ralph also uh, sat on two panels. He sat on the panel sat Saturday night, uh, mm -hmm. talking about the uh, PGA Tour and golf impact and the local uh, Atlanta economy. And he also sat on the panel dealing with uh, volunteerism in golf for African Americans. Which, if uh, if I may, that's that's an excellent way to learn about the. Uh, behind the scenes, certainly, as you have pointed out, there's Tiger Woods and others, but to, to put on a golf event is a significant undertaking. So one one way that we learn uh, anyone, black, white, brown, doesn't matter, is through volunteering. And any, any and every event on the PGA, the LPGA, USGA, all require volunteers in a significant number to carry that out. So, so that was a very important panel. You are absolutely correct. Any one of the 15 or so panels that we had, any one of those topics can stand alone and, and be a topic uh, for a workshop uh, in different cities around the country should we decide to, to do that. Um, we, we tried to cover a lot. We were extremely ambitious in trying to cover 
so much territory and so many topics in two days, but I felt being the first time out, we need to cover as much as we can. People, yes, had to make a choice as to which workshops they were going to go to. Um, that was fine with me. Uh, I like that. But you are absolutely right, Charles. Any one of those topics, which range from volunteerism and golf, uh, own golf course ownership. There, there, there are 15,000 golf courses in America. 15 to 16,000 is the number I recall. Of mm -hmm. which, according to, to my research, nine, nine, nine. Right, are owned by African Americans. Yeah, they have opportunities there. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, and you you had um, Jay Karen, the the uh, C yeah. CEO of um, the golf course, about and Owners Association. Yeah, and and I sat in on that workshop, and there was um, a gentleman that, and his name is slipping me, a black uh, gentleman Andy that. Campbell. Stanley yeah, Stanley Campbell was he he just purchased a golf course and he was talking about revitalizing a golf yeah. course, but making it have a community impact yeah. while he was doing it. And it was just a phenomenal workshop and it opened the eyes. And I'll tell you how it opened my eyes as a business uh, coach and trainer is that he talked about the business cluster that exists in a golf course. So when you think about golf course, you have agronomy, you have taking care of the grass, the greens and cutting, but then you have food and beverage over here. And oh, by the way, you've got construction over here. And oh, by the way, you've got your marketing people over there. And all of those are separate businesses, but run under one corporate roof. And if as a, a wise business person, you understand that, uh, and it was a gentleman rock out of um, uh, South Carolina that kind of helped to emphasize that. And these guys, it was phenomenal because they had another gentleman on that wasn't able to come. And he was sort of in a d distressed situation up. I think he was in Ohio and he phoned in and these guys rallied around him to help him to think about his situation a little bit different because he wasn't being embraced by the community and he had a lot of issues that he was um, um, dealing with and he st we started to talk about an exit strategy because oh by the way every good business has an exit strategy right yeah. because all of us are going to transition so if you don't prepare for your transition your transition will hit you and then the very thing that you prize may not be a great inheritance for your kids. It may be a headache. And so they really wrapped their brains around them and um, they they came up with some solutions and they embraced this, this golf course owner, which was a minority golf course owner. And so the networking that happens in golf and the camaraderie that happens around the game of golf, and it, it shifts the paradigm because really it becomes a business strategy for us to grow together. Then you had the like AJGA there. So you had not only owners there, but you had individuals that are looking for college uh, opportunities and getting, you know, those scholarships. You had the um, the Black Girls Golf there in, in Atlanta. And, you know, you mentioned the um, Golf Course Superintendent Association. There was just a great collaboration of people coming together to brainstorm, what do we do to move that economic needle in this $84 billion industry? And we, yet we have 
less than 2% of African-American ownership, part of it is that we have to embrace that we should and could own in the industry. And then the second part, and I love what Mr. Ralph Stokes talked about, we don't necessarily need permission, right? Because we're an, a value add to the conversation. Yes. It is a great business strategy to go after $1.3 trillion worth of economic power. People are going to spend their money, so they might as well spend it with you, but they have to feel welcome in spending their money. So I love the fact that um, uh, David... I think it's David Pillsbury from uh, Club Corps. A yeah. CEO takes time out to bring his entire C-suite to this event and talk about how they're adjusting their culture because they want it to be inviting for all people, particularly African-Americans. They want them to feel welcome in this environment. So they're, you know, they're waving the flag, guys, and saying, come on over here. You're welcome over here. Let's get in. Now, here's the reason why I brought BH360 to the table, because it's important for us to know our past. And our past didn't start with slavery. It actually goes way into ancient Africa. It goes all the way through Canada, where we were able to enjoy our freedoms. You know, and yes, we've we passed through slavery, passed through all of those things, Jim Crow. We passed through that, but we're not there now. And we have to be creative, we have to be innovative, and we have to be able to control the conversation and, and the narrative where we're concerned. And we are uh, such a great, innovative people that if we will begin to add our value, our innovation to the conversation, the conversation goes a whole different direction. I like to say when Black people show up, we're getting ready to get pretty spicy up in here because, you know, everybody else might enjoy the bland, but we bring the spice and we bring the excitement to the table. And therefore, we bring an addition to all the things that are good, but we make it better. Oftentimes we talk about good, but good is often the enemy to great. And now we have an opportunity to take a great industry and make it even greater, just like the nation. The nation is a great nation, but how do we make it better for all people? And so, Jim, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing our conversation around how we can grow it, 